The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 46. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Before we start, I'd like to tell listeners about another show on the SQPN network, Let's Science. Each week, Carolyn Knight, Lindsay Sant, and Lino Sobal explore a new wonder of our universe from a uniquely Catholic perspective. You can find Less Science on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find fine podcasts. Today, we are discussing the fourth episode of Season 2, Legacy. You want to give us a rundown of this episode, Victor? Sure. Uh, SG-1 explores an alien planet and comes across a sealed chamber with nine, nine dead ghouls. ghouls. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so while they're there examining the dead ghoul, um, Daniel feels something brushed by him and uh, they seal up the chamber again and head home. It's not good for Daniel though, because he's uh, gradually starts to go schizophrenic, I guess. So they um, SG1 does uh, the only thing that they can do when a member of their team starts seeing stargates in the closet and locks him up in the, the nut house um, is Daniel's situation gets increasingly worse SG-1 visits him and is shocked at just how nutty he's become. Um, at some point, Teal'c brushes up against Daniel, and we, the audience, see something run into Teal'c, and Mamacello's voice uh, echoes in Daniel's head, saying, thank you for delivering me to the vile Gould. Back at the SGC, Teal'c starts getting very, very sick, and Daniel starts getting very, very sane. Eventually, they find out that uh, Macello has put some earworms into the translation tablet that they found in the sealed up tomb and these uh like weird looking worm things go into sam jack and dr fraser and soon they start going insane but sam doesn't because she has a unique protein marker which they extract from her blood and save the day uh the end (laughs) (laughs) i think that covers it pretty much yeah 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 Gotta say so now, another, so now uh, if you're if you're if you're crazy and you say you're not crazy, that's the only proof that you're crazy. So if you so as soon as you say I am crazy, just not crazy in the way you think I'm crazy. Does that work? I suppose. It is not I who am crazy, it is I who am mad. We're yeah. all mad here. Quote yeah. uh Ren. Yeah, Ren Hoek. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um whenever I hear the name Michello, I just think it's some sort of like Italian liqueur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think a caramello, the candy bar that you stretch it out, stretch it out, <laughs> Caram- maybe before your time. Yeah, I don't know that one. So nope. <laughs> nice. What were your thoughts on this episode, Father? 
you know, this, this is, I mean, first of all, it, it's pretty clear. This is meant to be a, a bottle episode about as simple as, you know, st- low, low, low energy as possible. Um, it's, it's, it's not a bad episode. It it really isn't um, kind of seeing the, the Daniel's changes and, and playing like he's crazy is kind of fun, kind of stereotypical. He definitely does kind of the stereotypical uh, crazy man. Of course, you got to have the stereotypical, stereotypical, stereotypical uh, padded room because that's what you do. Uh, but it's, it's not a bad episode. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice and succinct and didn't mess around a lot. It was good. Uh, what about you, Lisa? What about frozen? Yep. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Father Corey and Lisa. It's a very good, you know, self-contained episode. I think, you know, it starts off. I think every science fiction show in the 90s did an episode where, you know, one of the team members goes crazy, but they're not really crazy, but everybody thinks they're crazy. And um, the twist that it was actually, uh, you know, Michello's um, weird looking worm devices rather than, you know, anything else I think was a nice touch. Would have liked to learn more about the Limvris, these, the, you know, the cadre of nine dead ghouls that uh, oppose the system lords. Don't think they come back, but, and I think this might be the end of Bacello in the show. I'm not sure. I can't recall. Yeah, I was, I was surprised that he came back because I feel like he's been referenced like once or twice other than that. But having him be like a plot arc was, was interesting. Yeah, they also name check the Ritu as well for the second episode in a row where it's not a Ritu. I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like every time they don't see something, they're going to assume it's a Ritu now. What was that? was a Ritu. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Lisa? Um, it, it was kind of a nice episode. Um, not spectacular, but not bad. Mm-hmm. And it starts off as a plan, just a regular planet of the week. And then it ends up being a, you know, a, a um, Earth-based episode. And... I guess rewatching it, I take a little issue with, you know, they just assume that he's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's all of a sudden he's schizophrenic and not anything else wrong with him. But um, on the plus side, I thought it was nice that they lit the others. Usually it's uh, Richard Dean Anderson, you know, Jack O'Neill, who does all the uh, overacting crazy. You know, he gets to do all the fun stuff, mm-hmm. at least in the first two seasons. And uh, this time, the others, I mean, Michael Shanks and even uh, Janet Frazier got to show off their little, you know, crazy spell. And meanwhile, uh, Jack was just lying in a fetal position in the corner. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was kind of nice that they kind of spread the wealth this time around, even though, you know, I, I always like, you know, Jack acting a little crazy. So, yeah, it's always fun to see people chew the scenery. I thought Michael Shanks <laughs> did a good job, like with his mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Like I think he he did a good job portraying it in a way that was like appropriately hammy, but also subtle. Like he did not go like way over the top. So I like that. Mm-hmm. And even when he was quote better, he still was a little, a little off. off. Yeah. Well, it was like he was so full of you know drugs that he's kind of like I just need to get these drugs out of him. He looked you know he looked stoned or drunk or something like that because it's just like I've got these drugs in me that's keeping me from being normal. Yeah. At least as normal as Daniel Jackson can be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and next episode we get to to a heart wrenching episode of him breaking the addiction to the Thorazine or whatever they put him on and 
No, we already did that episode. But, <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> Need part two. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is going to be a, a season-long arc, and it's just going to be uh, very depressing about Daniel being committed to a mental institution. That's, that's <laughs> really flashbacks. It's horrible. I mean, it's terrible. He's just constantly having flashbacks. And the, no. the nice thing is that the Stargate uh, gains sentience and talks about its feelings. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's yeah. The 2022 Stargate yep. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was a. This is a Peter DeLuise episode, and I feel like he does a really good job, like, just keeping the stories nice and tight and succinct, and you don't get a lot of extra fluff. It just kind of stays plot-driven. Mm-hmm. So it, it kept me engaged the whole time, which I liked. Yeah. And written by Tor Alexander uh, Valenza, who yep. wrote the other Michello episode. So when they did the flashbacks, they only had to credit the same writer who wrote this mm. episode, too. <laughs> oh, so nice. That part yep. was nice, too. And I really appreciate him giving us kind of the full house of SG-1 doctors here. We get all mm-hmm. of them, Frazier, Mackenzie, and Warner, mm-hmm. uh, all in their element uh, in this episode. So that well, was nice he, to see. Well, and, and I, Warner, I, I wasn't a fan of, at least at first, because like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you don't have enough time for that. No, we can't let you out to do that. No, 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 no. You're wasting time. You're wasting time. Oh, wait. Yeah. Now you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Dr. No. It's- yeah. Well, it's like you're wasting time. It's like, well, every other option has and has you said no to. This is something I can do. So it's not a waste of time, even if it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of my kids goes, wait, isn't she in there with MacGyver? Yeah. yeah I think he figured. No, he's curled in the corner going crazy. So, yeah, yeah. this is definitely a, an off week for uh, Richard Dean Anderson. I feel like brought him in for yeah. his, his few scenes, but he didn't really do much. Um, I do also like uh, that scene where uh, Daniel is hearing the the call of the other Gould through his closet. He opens it up, and it's just mm-hmm. the Stargate right there. I was expecting uh, eggs to start frying on his counter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you just had you just had creepy, you know, dead guy creep reach out and grab him. Yeah, yeah, and like the <laughs> least <laughs> least convincing. <laughs> the Gould, you know, attacking Jack while he's sitting there playing. Was it cards or chess with him? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just kind yeah. of still and let him mm-hmm. watch him, <laughs> the gold go into his neck. I thought it was interesting that they were so resistant to closing down the Stargate program until they could figure out if it was gate travel that had caused what had happened to Daniel. Like they were, they were completely just like, let's, let's just keep going with it. And I feel like it was, it's a pretty reasonable response to say, Hey, let's take a step back and make sure this is not going to fry mm-hmm. everyone's brain. So. Thought that was and I thought funny. that was a really interesting kind of plot twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, could it be gate travel that's hurt? I mean, we haven't talked about that before. Yeah. Could this mm-hmm. be hurting you? You know, turns out now we're all good. Mm-hmm. But it was yeah. a really good thought for a few minutes. Yeah, they, and they, they don't, I don't recall, they, I don't think they even really talk about it ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like, the, yeah, it, we're fine. We're good. It's no big deal to have our, you know, me- molecules scrambled and shot through the gate and reassembled on the other side. No big deal. Oh, we just brought back another uh, alien thing. Yeah. You know, yep. therapist or whatever. Oh, psh, we do that all the time. It's good. Yep. And at the beginning there, when they're going into that chamber with all the desiccated bodies, 
It's only when they see those they decide to put on their hazmat suits, and I feel like that should just be standard protocol. You should just wear those, <laughs> yeah. until like well, and, and, until you good. determine that it's safe. That you and Jack even already. said, "This is the not good smell." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's uh, I think it's similar to in if you notice in like the Marvel movies, Robert Downey Jr. Every chance he gets, he takes his helmet off, even though that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense when you're in the middle of a battle. It's because most of the time actors want to be able to have their face be seen. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's it. it wouldn't yeah. be good TV if they walked around in hazmat suits. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't have bothered with the hazmat suits if I was writing or directing this because they put it on and then it's just like these like, you know, gas mask heads like, like you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's I mean, by that time, it's too late, you know. And, yeah. And when I did when I did the, the hazmat training or the, the chem chemical warfare but the nbc nuclear biological chemical training what they taught you is as soon as you realize there's a a threat you breathe out and put it on but the threat is a bomb just exploded or a missile just hit the ground and there might be something in it so you want to breathe out before that gas gets to you (laughs) not when you've been in the room for five minutes (laughs) too late then I feel like early on there was an episode where they were wearing like basically NASA spacesuits. Mm-hmm. I feel like you'd want something like that for any time you went anywhere, like a full environmental suit that's going to protect you from anything. Although, as we see later on in the episode, these little uh, hot glue gun looking slugs can go through gloves. So sure. I guess it doesn't matter. Of course. And that's allegedly with the MALP, right? Mm-hmm. That's what measure the air and what you're breathing and check for gases and all that kind of stuff. So that's probably the rationale they would use that they didn't have to put on all that stuff to go through. Right. Yeah. Well, and you're talking about the NASA suit. Yeah. They went out to that, they went to that planet that was completely avoid, avoid of any atmosphere. Right. So, yeah, that's where that comes in. I do like how they talk about, um, and we get this not just in this episode, but throughout the show where SG one is just like the, like the vanguard team that goes in and makes like a first contact or a first like mm-hmm. survey of the place. And then they send in the specialized teams to deal with whatever specific thing they need. Like they mentioned in this episode that they're going to send in the medical team to get the mm-hmm. bodies. And I like that they have that kind of delineation. I feel like a lot of times in shows like this, you get these groups that everyone is an expert in everything. Like in Star Trek, like every single person is good <laughs> at whatever yeah. the plot calls for. And I like that you get more specialization here. Exactly. Oh, did you notice the special guest star in this episode? The the reanimated Limvris, uh, played by Clint Howard. Oh, was nice. that really Clint Howard? No, no, I just made that. Oh, up. <laughs> oh darn it! I was you got me excited. It's like that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to stretch this out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. actually, it was probably it was probably Michael Shanks again. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it probably was. Yeah. He plays like everything. <laughs> well, if you look at IMBD, they really. Eight people in the cast are listed. That's it. Yep. I think yeah. about how small a cast that is for an hour show. Yeah. Well, it's, it's looking at this Stargate wiki, and there's there's nine lists, and yeah, one of them is Michael Shanks as both him as Daniel Jackson and Michello for the little, you know, the little snippet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. We don't even get like you know gate technician number three, you know, when the gate's <laughs> dialing and and Daniel's like looking at it. You really could have used somebody there saying you know like, I guess you did too. You did hear them, right? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But you don't actually see them on screen. Mm-hmm. 
So right. This is a very inexpensive episode, I think, because you just need, yeah. like you said, a little silicone caulk for the worms and you're, yeah. you know. Can, well, that's, can we talk about yeah. how gross that was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was oh, gross. Yeah. It was so gross that they had to show us like all 11 worms coming out of people's heads. It's like, okay, just say like, okay, all the worms are out of you. We only need to see it like two or three times. We don't need to see now, now, Victor, actually, if we don't see every worm come out, that means they're still infected. You should know that. On that note, uh, apparently it has been pointed out online that even though uh, Sam has three, uh, has four worms come out of her ear, you only see three enter her glove. So Uh-oh. that is a huge they duplicated. Back in season 11. One of one of the yeah. one of the worms is riding piggyback on one of the other worms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I do, it's like an answer to a riddle. Yeah. It's like three worms go into the SG one doctor, but four come out. How is this possible? <laughs> yeah, I do like that they give us that uh the, the whole like traveling through the skin effect where it gets like you get the like the raised bump moving through the skin. Oh yeah, yeah. That always makes me think of uh in the Mummy when the guy's got all the scarabs inside him. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, it's a... yeah. There was there was a lot of tropes in this. You know, there was the whole like I see dead people thing. <laughs> they don't know that they're dead. Um, the, you know, I'm not like really crazy, guys... even though yeah. I'm not crazy, yeah. but I really am. Or I am. I you think I'm crazy, but I'm not. And <laughs> yeah, Daniel uh, Jackson like chopping down the door with the axe, saying, "Here's Danny." Um, <laughs> references to the uh, poltergeist we mentioned, and. Um, you know, one flew over the Tokra's nest. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there, uh, like the, the rebel ghoul, I cannot remember the name. Um, Tokra. Limbris. Limbris. Uh, so there were nine of them and they were dead, but also undead. I feel like we could refer to them as the Nazgul. Oh, no, you could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, you gotta have the, you gotta have the, all the, the, the science, science major, you know, that can, you know, do the, uh, do all the stuff she's never done before, but somehow can figure it out well enough, you know, through guidance to get the shot done without, you know, killing them due to incompatible, incompatible blood. Yeah. It's a, it's a perfect example of Carter saves the day episode, right? Under yep. pressure. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. With an assist from uh, Dr. Frazier, of course. Yes. Crazy yeah. Dr. Frazier. Centrifuge, centrifuge. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. If I like how they give the page turning device a, a Stargate acronym, they call or abbreviation. They call it the PTD. Doctor Fraser does so, yeah, even well, though it's funny. this alien technology, <laughs> they've only encountered oh, yeah, the, twice. They're referring to it as the PTD, and I don't I think do. we ever see it again. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, so I think that was a probably a Peter DeLuise edition because he loves to give everything the abbreviations. Nice. Well, it's it's military. Yeah, you know, that's how it goes. You, you can't you can't get anything done in the military without a TLM. A three-letter acronym. Yep. TLA. I didn't, I didn't get it wrong. TLA. TLA. Without the Latin mess. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking of. Without the Latin yeah. mess. No. no, TLA. Three-letter acronym. Military doesn't work without it. Nice. Yep. I, I like that how inefficient that device is. It, it seems like it's a Kindle. Like it's got like some sort of frozen screen <laughs> technology and he's trying mm-hmm. to turn the page and it's like, can they not just put a button on it? Why do you got to use this oversized like opal thing i mean obviously yeah. for plot reasons because it's full of worms but, yeah 
is an example of a overly complicated, unintuitive uh, alien tech that you see a lot of the times in sci-fi. Yep. Did appreciate all the Stargate prop photos on on Sam's PC though that they flipped through. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was kind of neat. It was like go to the prop room, take take some photos of the old props, and we'll load them on up. Make sure to get the Michello, you know, body swapping device and we're good. When they showed oh. it, I didn't expect them to go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching it with our nine-year-old and he's like, wait a minute. How come the pages are scrolling left and right, but the scroll bars are vertical? Oh. Uh, I was like, oh, I didn't notice that. But I'll put that in the episode because there's not much else to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to uh, pull out my old uh, Windows 95 computer and... See if I can get replicate that program on there. Well, you know that, that's just like you know a modern like uh, photo program or whatever you know, or you get to the the website and you can scroll back and forth. But if you it doesn't show the bottom of it, you know that's what it is. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, sure. true. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how um, they immediately jump to he's schizophrenic and mm-hmm. don't really investigate any of the other things. Like they take reasonable precautions in terms of shutting down the Stargate program until they can determine the effects, but they just jump straight to pumping him up with a sedatives and throwing him in a padded room without mm-hmm. really like, <laughs> investigating it all. And I feel like at this point, like they have like that gold healing device. Like, I feel like you should just do like a preemptive run over anybody. If they start seeming off. Yeah. I like that. Well, and yeah. now that we know that Sam, Sam can handle right. it. Why not? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like running glary utilities or something on your PC. It's just like run the speed up my PC program first, and then you can, you know, find out what's really broken. Exactly. You do that with the cool device. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't even, it, it couldn't be something we just encountered, right? They're putting on hazmat suits and talking about contamination. They get back and they're not like, oh, well, maybe, maybe something was there. You know, Daniel says something brushed by him. All, I know. I, it was. It was a little, little much. They immediate, but they tend to do that. If you think about how many show, how many of these um, episodes they do that on, that they just like, oh well, you're crazy, or we don't believe you, or mm-hmm. you know, to, to the one. If it's if it tends to only be one of the four that's infected with whatever, you just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like when he's in the room and he's talking to Dr. McKenzie, Dr. McKenzie is very incredulous. He's like, so you think an alien device is in your brain, making you go crazy? And it's like. They have a time, they have like a portal where they can travel across the universe and encounter all sorts of weird aliens. Like, is that really yeah. that far fetched for where you are? An, an alien, an alien device took him to a, a parallel universe. An alien device, you know, yeah. alien device injected, yeah. you know, like all the knowledge of the ancients into Jack's brain. Yeah, this is a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. We we were all robots for a day and a half, and none of you noticed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like they have to have a, it's like plot driven amnesia or like just yeah. being obtuse. Mm-hmm. For the, We've for already the run into plot. everything out there in the universe. This can't be something new. It has to be schizophrenic. <laughs> yeah. And be, because 50% of the people who go through the Stargate have headaches. And what's the percentage of the wider population that has regular headaches? Right. Probably about 50%. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's probably also a high stress job. I, I think headaches would yeah. be like pretty typical mm-hmm. probably not a lot of sleep when they're on a mission yeah right nope plus the flashing lights and just that screeching noise that the gate makes that would give me a headache <laughs> if i had to do that for my job yeah although yeah. i have to say this the sound design in this episode was kind of all over the place you know you had the scary atmospheric like horror movie noises <laughs> and then it's probably my my favorite like 
like Stargate sound effect is when they show Cheyenne Mountain, the external view, and then they have a hawk screeching in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, we get that, that it's outdoors. You know, you could have like trucks driving by or something. You know. Well, it's, it's supposed to be out in the middle of nowhere. So having hawk yeah. screaming yeah. would be appropriate. Although I don't ever hear hawks screeching. We have hawks around here, but anyways, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so have we stretched enough? Stretched it, yeah. Uh, they is this a retcon where they say like Jack's they're like, Well, how come Jack doesn't have the protein marker? And it's like, Well, Hathor's ghouled left oh, Jack yeah. before she took over. And I don't yeah. did we see the ghouled come out of Jack? No. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah so, out, so. we um told us that the Tokra the ghouled hadn't had time to take over yet. So the it should just die. Yeah. But the, yeah, so I mean I they don't. They didn't say though that yeah that it had left it. But because all we see is Jack getting sealed in the the coffin, and then next thing we know, he's fine. But yeah, it's that. I, that's right. I, I mentioned that. I wrote that down too. It's like now they explain why he doesn't have the marker that it didn't die within him mm-hmm. because it panicked and left him apparently, which means he should have two marks now in the back of his head, or it just <laughs> did. I guess it didn't die. Yeah, it didn't die because it come out came out. But uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I guess they put that in there just because you know fans are going to be asking about that if they did not address it. So at least they had enough for- foresight to address that. People like us, exactly. I do also wonder if, <laughs> like, as part of like whatever inoculation cocktails they give to these people who have to go to these different planets, do they just roll that protein in there so everyone's got it? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, since, since they have it isolated now or whatever. Yeah. Um, or they can isolate yeah. it now, yeah. To the list. I would also So we gotta give you measles, mumps, rubella, we gotta give you tetanus, we gotta give you the gold protein marker, we gotta give you <laughs> Eventually we'll get the ancient gene. Um, yeah, ancient genes, the the nanobots, the uh yep. yeah, Pegasus Galaxy nanobots, yeah. <laughs> these are in yeah, these are in nanobots. Do you have to get a booster for any of those? Probably. Not the nanobots. Maybe the maybe the the protein marker that that might you know get flushed yeah. out of your system eventually. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, so here's a question I just thought of. So if this device kills the gould, but not the host, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that have been kind of a nice tool to keep? That's what I was about to say. Like. Are they going to keep these little slugs and stuff? Well, they've got more of them. Yeah. They've got more of them because we saw a whole rack of them on, you know, on one of the pictures. So, mm-hmm. so this definitely comes up again. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool if they could like load them into a shotgun or something and make a slug gun or something. <laughs> slugs out of a shotgun. Like, a, like a pea people. shooter. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Here, shake my hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only if it's uh, Ricardo Monteblana chewing the scenery yeah. while he puts it into your ear. Yeah. yeah. That's really what we need. Sit the elf of thief. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> or they could just drop them out of airplanes, like on a gold planet, just like drop slugs. You use the drones. Yeah, there you go. Use the yeah. drones. But you got to color yeah. in a red, like powder. So it looks like a big cloud covering the planet, you know, like on B. Oh, gosh. Red yeah. <laughs> I blocked that part out of my mind. <laughs> and they should, they should, 
Yeah. They should change the Michello quote that you hear too. Like it could just be like, you know, drink, <laughs> drink cola brand now, you know, or something oh. or like wear, yeah. wear shoes, Spons- you know, advertising. Yeah. yeah. Sponsor the Michello yeah. messages. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the this, secrets of Stargate on SQPN. Yeah. This genocide. This gold killing. <laughs> This this gall-killing worm brought to you by SGC. (laughs) (laughs) And viewers like you. Yeah. (laughs) It does make me just thinking of like a some sort of like water balloon full of those slugs. Uh, When I was a kid, we lived out in the country in Kentucky and we had a huge problem with June bugs. And we had these mm. like traps that they would fly into this big bag and get caught in there and live in there. So like we'd have these stakes around the fields where they had these big like plastic bags full of June bugs and they were like writhing. Wow. And it was just creepy. Ew. So I feel like oh. you take one of those and just wing it at the gold, but it's full of slugs. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a little nightmare fuel if anyone needs. Yeah. That. Catch. <laughs> and thus the plot for Bane was born. <laughs> <laughs> nice no one's mentioned amanda tapping had a nice new haircut in this episode i didn't notice to be honest anyone like that it was a little shorter it was real cute mm. i was that, too distracted lisa, by dr frazier's fan service yeah. in this one so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. now that lisa you've got three guys in you yeah. what are the odds we're going to notice her haircut i know <laughs> that's why I bring it up. Especially with Dr. There you Fraser go. That's, that's your scene, job. Yeah. So, with, Well, Dr. <laughs> had the obligatory, oh, it's hot in here. I got to take my shirt off. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's getting like, hot in here. Jack? I've got worms inside my skull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. And a little bit of slugs in brain. <laughs> Beautiful. I feel like we, uh, that needs to be one of the, the covers we get at the end of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's our... Are we monetized yet with this thing, or how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're not at this point, we might as well uh, yeah, jump yeah. on that. Yeah. 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 Right. Awesome. Uh, did y'all have any other uh, thoughts on this episode? <laughs> no, I think we pretty well. At least I think I pretty well covered it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did like Jack uh, in the in the as he's waiting for Daniel to wake up. He's in there playing with the IV bag, the saline bag. Right. I noticed he was doing that a couple times throughout the episode, just like fiddling with things. Cause there's a part where he's yep. in the room with, uh, when Tilk is sick and he's got like a cup and a, you can't really see it because it's not HD and it's pretty grainy, but it looks like he's got like a water cup and he's just like sticking his fingers in it and like stirring it around. I wonder, was he just like really checked <laughs> out during these filming these episodes? He's like, I'm just going to mess around with things. Probably they could be fishing or even golfing. And they got me, it's sitting in an infirmary here. Just, Yeah. <laughs> Of course, we also like that he apologized in advance for saying anything. Oh, yes, yes. But then he was completely silent. So, Yeah, he just checked out. Yes. He was down. Yeah, It is a little late, but I, too, would like to apologize in advance for anything I may say or do that could be construed as offensive as I slowly go nuts. <laughs> oh, too late, Victor. Yep. Too late. I know. You're already nuts. Stay late and a dollar short. <laughs> Need to send me to the nut hatch. The, the loony bin, the giggle factory. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know that Funny padded farm, room. Yeah. Comfortable. yeah. Funny farm. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Um, we do have uh, some feedback on our episode 1969. Uh, Paul Leone on YouTube comments. 
I was waiting for this one and did not disappoint. This was the first episode of SG-1 that I ever saw. I was channel surfing in my college dorm room one Saturday night and came across this. I think I'd seen the Stargate movie by then, but I had no idea that the show even existed. The plot of this episode probably wasn't the best as far as an entry into the show goes, since it hardly has anything to do with the SG-1 meta plot, but I was still hooked and tuned back in every week after that. It's still one of my favorite sentimental favorites, and I'm glad you all liked it too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I think yep. that's the best kind of episode to get into the to a show like this. Like mm-hmm. if you jump in in a really lore heavy episode that's that's tied up with all like the different plots you have going on, it can be hard to get into that. So like a nice fun standalone episode is usually the best way to get into something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well that's uh you know, we've we've talked on on Secrets of Doctor Who about, you know, mm-hmm. what are good episodes to inter- introduce, and, you know, one Jimmy talks about is Blink. Which is mm-hmm. does not have much of anything of the doctor or his companion at the time. It's something different. Yeah, you have Victor staring at an angel right now. <laughs> don't blink. Whatever you do, don't blink. But uh, you know, but it's one of those episodes that it's just a good standalone episode that can help you. And the nineteen sixty nine is very much like that. Yeah, it's just yes. a fun standalone episode. You get to see the humor of the series, definitely. Yeah. It's it's kind of representative of what the series is about. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's such a good one to just put on whenever you just want like a dose of Stargate, but don't want to have to jump in in the middle of some war or something. Right, exactly. Yeah, I feel the same way about the uh, the Take Me Out to the Hall Suite episode of Deep Space Nine. Really yes. doesn't have anything to do with the larger plot, but it's just fun and enjoyable. And I think this episode kind of fits that same thing too. But you also get a lot of the the characterization here, so it gives you a good intro into the characters and the general mm-hmm. tone of the show, where it, it's science fiction, but it's not very dour it's more yep. fun so yeah i definitely like it. it's been one of my favorites so far good awesome and before we go we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of stargate including neil p Rhonda m meg p Devin t and george and wanda their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of stargate and all the shows at starquest you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give, and be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com, or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Learning Curve. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And remember, gate travel may be hazardous to your health. (laughs) It's a good thing (laughs) to keep in mind. (laughs) And once again, I'm Jack Berzini, and thank you for listening to the secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?